Hi, I'm Philip Anthony Albertelli, and this is the Week in Doubt, a podcast for atheists, agnostics, and whoever. And this is episode 255. Some listener feedback before we begin. In response to a video in which I comment on Dan Barker's appearance on Tucker Carlson tonight, someone using the YouTube handle Spider-Man writes, Is there a version where this weirdo isn't talking over everyone? And I good-naturedly reply, Haha, I take it I'm the weirdo. Yes, there are other versions available. Where do you think I got the footage in question? And I think technically, in order to be talking over someone, they have to be talking at the same time. I pause the video before speaking. Now that I've gotten the niceties out of the way, Hey, Spider-Man, get f***! Now, there's a sentence I never thought I'd utter. Uh, I kid, I kid. I'm not really that upset. I just thought it would be fun to read that on the air. It's funny, shortly before discovering that comment, I had a friend ask me if I thought doing the show kind of helped me develop a thicker skin. In actuality, and it's something that I really appreciate, since I've been doing this podcast, the response has generally been very positive. Surprisingly so, in a way, given how brutal people can sometimes be online. Even when someone disagrees with something I've said or has some criticism, it's usually couched in a very respectful way. If the worst I get is being called a weirdo once in a while, hey, it could be a lot worse. You know, I'm the first to admit that, yeah, I'm kind of weird, you know? Uh, I'm someone who would probably rather, you know, read a book than watch sports. I'm an atheist who's fascinated by religion and spirituality, and I have a low droning NyQuil voice. I could probably go on rattling off reasons why I'm weird all day, but enough of that, on with the show. So I wanted to offer a response to a couple of videos. They both feature high-profile Christians making some rather eyebrow-raising and, in my opinion, offensive remarks regarding the recent hurricanes. Let's see. First up, we have... What are these weirdos' names again? Ha! Weirdos. Drinking game wear of the week. Oh yeah, the, uh, the Benham Brothers. To be honest, I'd never heard of them prior to finding this story on Right Wing Watch. I don't know if they're twins or what, but they kind of look like aging Christian frat bros. These two big buff, seemingly overly self-confident blonde dudes. I think they're involved in real estate. And supposedly they almost had a show on HGTV, but I guess the deal fell through when their conservative anti-gay religious views came to light. Anyway, let's see what they have to say. One of the things that we heard a lot 16 years ago was rebuild, rebuild, rebuild. But the word we didn't hear was repent. And the reason why they say 16 years ago there is because they're trying to tie 9-11 into these recent hurricanes and how both are supposedly wake-up calls from God or something to that effect. So only a few seconds in, and already I've found something, you know, that I take issue with. Repent. Uh, why should we repent? We were the ones who were attacked on 9-11. Nearly 3,000 innocent people killed uh, by a group of deranged terrorists, and we're the ones you think should repent? Now, I'm an atheist, but for the sake of argument, let's say there is a God. What are you saying? God caused 9-11 or allowed it to happen at least in order to punish us? I forget which rancid and tumorous, morally deformed televangelist it was, but one of them back at the time said something about God supposedly lifting his hand of protection from the U.S., allowing 9-11 to happen. 
implying that it was some kind of justly deserved punishment for our immorality or cultural decay. Funny how much these Christian fundamentalists sound like Islamists in this regard. They both seem to view 9-11 as a kind of deserved punishment against the West. Let's continue. Nation, if you would have told us back then in 2001 that in 2017 we would be completely redefining what gender means, what marriage means, what sexuality means. People wouldn't even be standing for the anthem and, and there'd be riots and protests in our streets and white supremacists with torches in their hands and Antifa bullying and beating people into comas. Well, I agree with them on white supremacists and Antifa. I voiced my frustration in the last episode expressing how I was kind of exasperated that it's 2017 and we have all this chaos in the streets and people still fighting over race. But the other stuff, let's see, redefining gender. Now, I'm a big supporter of LGBT rights or of the LGBT community. Do I have to add the Q now at the end? I'm just lazy. Four letters is my cutoff for an acronym. But I do believe there really are people who are, so to speak, born in the wrong body. People who may, in a sense, have a female brain and a male body, vice versa. And... Even for the sake of argument, even if there wasn't a genetic component to being trans, so what? Whatever the cause, I have a lot of sympathy, not to sound patronizing, hopefully, for people who wrestle with gender dysphoria or who identify very strongly or view themselves as being uh, a gender that's in conflict with their biological sex. The only caveat or exception I, I might add is that there are these young people that some have dubbed trans trenders or trans tenders, which always makes me think of chicken tenders. I love fast food. I think there are some young people, uh, teens and young 20-somethings, who view things like being trans or non-binary as trendy. For instance, there's a really popular YouTuber. Well, popular might be a strange way to put it, given how widely disliked he is. But one of the biggest YouTubers out there, uh, a guy called Onision, and he has a young wife who's pretty, appears to wear makeup, etc., married to a man, has a kid, um, or kids, I'm not sure, and generally seems to present as female, save for a somewhat androgynous haircut. Yet she doesn't like when people use pronouns like she or her to refer to her, or should I say them. And I saw two young teenage girls championing her in a live stream against one of her detractors, or maybe detractor is probably too strong of a word. Uh, these two young girls looked clearly female. They didn't seem to be taking any steps to outwardly identify as any gender other than female. And yet one of them seemed to take great offense at being referred to as female. Now, it's a free country. People can identify as anything they want, in my opinion. And there may very well be people out there who really don't feel like they fit into the conventional male-female dichotomy. But I also have the feeling that there's a lot of so-called transtending, shall we say, going on out there. A trend of young people bucking that conventional male-female dichotomy in order to feel trendy or special. But once again, to reiterate, yeah, I'm very supportive of gay and trans people. I think this paranoia over trans people using public restrooms, won't someone please think of the children, uh, that it's, you know, it's ridiculous. 
And I think trans people should be able to openly serve in the military, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Let's see, what were the other things on their list they were rattling off? Standing for the anthem, I honestly don't care. I don't even think the Star Spangled Banner was officially made the American anthem until uh, 1931, I think it was. And if memory serves me right, I think there are some relatively controversial lines in the original poem it, it's based on, or that the lyrics are taken from. And it's a free country. If people don't want to stand during a song, they shouldn't have to. And if they do choose not to stand, I, I don't think they should be publicly shamed or pilloried or ostracized or whatever for their decision. I would have I said there's no way that would happen in this country. And so today, there's a message from God for us. Well, and actually it was yesterday, because in our Bible reading from yesterday, on the schedule that we were on, Psalm 104 was our reading. And listen to what verse 4 says. It says, God, he makes the winds his messengers. And here they go making the leap from a biblical passage that mentions wind to God specifically using the recent hurricanes to punish or humble us or to get our attention or whatever. How can you claim to know that? The arrogance of claiming to know the mind of God. I think people like the excitement or thrill of trying to read the intent of God into things. It would be merely absurd or silly, but I think it's also distasteful when you think that the hur that Hurricane Harvey alone left about 80-something people dead in its wake. And conceptually speaking, what kind of strange barbarous deity is this, allowing planes to fly into human-filled towers, ravaging the earth and ruining lives with natural disasters? For what? Because we're not humble enough? Or he doesn't approve of our gender classifications? Um, that is not a deity I'd be interested in worshipping if it did exist. So God is speaking through the wind. And now we have just yesterday, Hurricane Irma touching land in Florida. And God is speaking, saying, I'm making the wind my messengers. And throughout the rest of that, uh, the next few verses in Psalm 104, it talks about the waters of the flood and how God then pulled back the waters from the flood and he set waters uh, in their boundaries, and he made the land boundaries for the water. And now what we see with Hurricane Irma and any other hurricane, the most dangerous thing is not the wind. The most dangerous thing is the storm surge. And what a storm surge is, is when the waters breach their boundaries. And when they breach their boundaries, we get a chance to see what type of havoc they can create. And we see that morally and spiritually in America today. The boundaries that God has put out for us morally are for our flourishing and for his best in our lives. He just wants what's best for us, but if we step out of line, he's gonna F our shit up. Uh, there's a couple of trans kids in Florida, better send a couple of hurricanes through. Um, kind of like a dad running over their kid's head with a steamroller for running out into the street. I, I don't know. I don't know where that <laughs> morbid uh, analogy came from. And when we say that gender, there is no boundary. When we say that sexuality, there is no boundary. When we say that marriage can be whatever you want it to be, we are breaching the boundaries of God. And we as a country, on the anniversary of 9-11, 16 years after that horrific uh, terrorist act took place in our country, God is speaking, repent. I'd say most decent irreligious people, uh, myself included, I like to think I'm somewhat decent, uh, still recognize boundaries concerning sex. If it's between two consenting adults, whether they be of the same or opposite sex, have at it. 
If it's non-consensual, a person forcing themselves sexually on another person or an adult preying on a child, then hell no. The key words are consensual and adult. People like this make it sound like society as a whole thinks absolutely anything goes. In marriage, marriage to me is a man-made institution, a social construct that for most of history seems to have had more to do with dowries and political alliances than love. Who cares? Let people marry who they want as long as it's consensual and everyone's of age. But enough of these guys. Let's see what Kirk Cameron has to say. Basically more of the same if I remember correctly. And I had a thought this morning as I leave Florida. Uh, everyone's trying to leave Florida right now. Uh, Walmart is being uh, emptied of its shelves of water and canned food because Irma is on its way. And a friend of mine, Jay Younts, pointed out something really insightful. And I wanted to share it with you this morning. You know, Harvey, they say, was a once-in-a-lifetime event because the destruction was unprecedented with that hurricane. There's another one coming up that they say is now the largest recorded hurricane on the Atlantic. This is Irma. And the devastation from that, we don't know uh, how, how much that's going to be. But how should we look at two giant hurricanes coming back to back like this? Should we just, do, do we write them off as coincidence? Do we write it off as a, a statistical anomaly? Wow, uh, who would have who would have thought? Is it is it just Mother Nature in a bad mood? I don't know how you think about it, but I think it could be something much more than all of that. Uh, I'm going to look and hear in in, uh, in God's Word and read to you from Job. In Job 37, uh, God says through Job, um, He saturates clouds with moisture. Oh boy, so once again, the same thing those other guys were doing. You find a Bible verse that talks about God, whether literally or figuratively controlling the weather, and then jump right to God sent Harvey and Irma. Now, there's some biblical stories I actually like, and I'm not sure why, but the story of Job is one of them. Maybe it's because if you take it as fiction or as an allegory, it's an inspiring story about one man demonstrating incredible resilience or dedication in the face of the iniquities of life or the vagaries of existence. But taken literally or at face value, I find the story to be frankly warped or morally offensive. In that sense, it's literally the story of God and Satan wagering over how much punishment and suffering one man can take. God gives Satan permission to repeatedly afflict Job, smiting him with poverty, disease, and even the death of his children. And I've always been fascinated by the evolving concept of Satan. And in the book of Job, we have Satan as an angel or member of God's court, his name meaning the accuser or adversary. He's yet to become the demonic ruler of the underworld or some abode of the dam that we find in the later Christian tradition. He scatters his lightning through them. They swirl about, turning around and around at his direction, accomplishing everything that he commands them over the surface of the inhabited world. He causes this to happen for punishment or to water his land and demonstrate his faithful love. You sure about that, Kirk? You want to go to the doors of the family members of the deceased and tell them their loved one's death was a punishment from God? Is that really what you think? Uh, once again, what kind of deity is that? 
One thing we know about hurricanes and, and, and all weather is that this is not Mother Nature in a bad mood. This is a spectacular display of God's immense power. Care to prove that, as far as I can tell, it is exactly what you first posited, figuratively speaking, of course, Mother Nature in a bad mood. More anthropomorphism than I might be comfortable with, but you get the point. This is most likely just a brutal display of indifferent nature, not an angry sky daddy doling out a homicidal spanking via hurricane. And when he puts his power on display, it's never without reason. There's a purpose. And we may not always understand what that purpose is, but we know it's not random. And we know that weather is sent to cause us to respond to God in humility, awe, and repentance. Once again, I don't see any evidence that weather is guided by a divine hand, and who is it exactly that's in need of repentance? Did everyone killed by Hurricane Harvey, everyone who lost a home or whose property was destroyed, did they all offend God to the point of deserving the suffering and loss that was inflicted or visited upon them? It's funny, God doesn't show up at the foot of your bed as some glowing apparition telling you to get your act together. He just bulldozes over everyone indiscriminately in the form of a hurricane. Fascinating. Occam's razor, Kirk, the simplest reason may simply be weather. Now, I don't claim to know for certain that there is or isn't a God. I'm technically an agnostic atheist, but in a way, I'm glad I don't see much evidence for your specific concept of God, because the picture you paint is that of a malicious, heavy-handed, patriarchal tyrant akin to one of the capricious and temperamental gods of old now relegated to the realm of myth, where perhaps your god belongs as well. Well, I think I'll call it quits there. You guys know the drill. Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. If you want to help the show out monetarily, you can go to patreon.com slash doubt and help the show out for as little as 99 cents a month. And you can also contribute via the PayPal widget at the bottom of the Podbean page. And Podbean is where you can go to check out the archives going all the way back to the inaugural episode. All right, thanks for listening, everyone. Until next time.